Welcome back. My name is Aaron and this is A Course in Miracles, Episode 5. So many readers of the course will find it to be a difficult code to crack because the course uses very traditional Christian language, but in a very non-traditional way. And so one of the things I'd like to do in this series is to simplify the course down as best I can by just focusing on one concept at a time. But that being said, the overall message of the course is actually very simple and straightforward. The goal is the peace of God. The problem is our perception. And the road to correcting our perception and finding peace is through forgiveness. And what the course does really well is that it takes as many different angles as possible on explaining why forgiveness is the true path to enlightenment. And different angles will resonate with different people. But what I'd like to share with you in this video is the one angle that has resonated with me the most. Now, when we talk about enlightened beings, most people typically think about someone who has collected so much spiritual knowledge that they eventually became a spiritual master. But the Course has a lot to say about this, and it actually explains that enlightenment is the exact opposite. It is not a learning, but an unlearning of everything you thought you ever knew and coming to the realization that you know absolutely nothing. That is what enlightenment actually is. And so in some traditions, this unlearning is typically called Zen mind or beginner's mind. Jesus famously said, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must first become like a little child. So virtually all spiritual masters and teachers have spoken of this truth in various ways. Eckhart Tolle, for example, refers to this state of consciousness as awareness without thinking. Byron Katie calls it the don't know mind. But the term that the Course uses to refer to this state of consciousness is simply innocence. If you want to understand what an enlightened being's state of consciousness is like, think back to when you were a child. Can you remember what it was like to be completely innocent of judgment? Just pure, naked perception without any concept behind it. This is the innocent mind. And this is how the sage experiences reality. It is not that they have forgotten all of their labels, but that they realize their labels can never be the thing itself. The truth is that we are born into a world of complete mystery. And as we grow up, we begin to put labels and definitions on the world, which cause us to believe that we actually know what it is. The mystery of life fades away and our innocence along with it. So it is not the naming of things that is wrong, but the assumption that what I name it is what it actually is. To call it a bird is one thing, but to believe that my concept of bird is what it actually is, is another. When you look at the bird as a mystery, the bird becomes gorgeously alive and vibrant with beauty. But when you look at the bird as if you know what it really is, its beauty is entirely lost and it becomes just another insignificant thing. This is the arrogance of the mind. It deadens us to reality with its judgments, definitions, and labels. The ego sees a world of evil, fear, and separation. And this is why innocence is the highest form of spiritual wisdom. It is the recognition that reality is far beyond conceptualization. In one passage, the Course summarizes this by saying, Innocence is wisdom, for it is unaware of evil, and evil does not exist. 
What we call evil is simply the ignorance of love. And yet the mind looks at the ignorance of love and creates a new label for it called evil. And once something or someone is judged as evil, then it is seen as eternally corrupt, beyond saving, and worthy only of punishment. And so as long as we live by these judgments, we cannot have peace because we are literally creating evil. And the reason that innocence is the highest form of wisdom is not that it overlooks evil, but that it does not see it at all. It recognizes that the mind cannot make a correct judgment on reality any more than a person can hold the whole ocean in their hands. In chapter 10, the Course states, It is necessary for the teacher of God to realize, not that he should not judge, but that he cannot. In giving up judgment, he is merely giving up what he did not have. He gives up an illusion, or better, he has an illusion of giving up. He has actually merely become more honest. Recognizing that judgment was always impossible for him, he no longer attempts it. So the innocent mind is truly wise because it knows that judgment is never possible. And in the light of this knowing, the mind simply relaxes its need to label reality. So you still call things by names, but the difference is that you understand that the idea or concept that appears in my mind when I hear the name of the thing is not the thing itself, but simply a limitation. So you let it go. In one passage, the Course says, To judge is to be dishonest, for to judge is to assume a position you do not have. Now the use of the term judgment here is not to be confused with discernment. Because whenever we talk about non-judgment, the argument that the ego uses is, well, you can't just go through life not judging anything, because then you'll drive down the wrong side of the road and walk down dangerous alleys at night and all kinds of crazy stuff. But the important distinction is that judgment is not discernment. The innocent mind discerns, but it does not judge. In fact, without judgment, discernment becomes much quicker and more accurate because you're able to recognize the true reality of the present moment. So to judge something is to assign it a value of good or bad, positive or negative, superior or inferior. And this is what the innocent mind knows is impossible. Because God's reality is harmonious, which means that everything is working together to accomplish a purpose. But to the egoic mind that can only see life as separate and disconnected, it labels anything unpleasant as bad or wrong or shouldn't be happening. And this suffering that we create by resisting life is completely futile because the ego cannot possibly know that this challenging circumstance will actually wind up being one of the best things that ever happened to me. So the moment the ego doesn't get exactly what it thinks that it wants, then it makes life into an enemy. But the truth of God's reality is that life is always working for us and never against us. But it is only the eyes of innocence that can see this. So the point is that we create our own suffering through the arrogance of believing that we can know the unknowable. We create everything we hate by labeling it. The Course teaches that the innocent view of reality is true wisdom because no idea leaves its source. Which means that when you label something as bad, you are the one that experiences the badness of it. 
So when you judge something, you are attacking yourself. And so the simplest meaning of innocence is awareness before concepts. Without relating to life on a conceptual basis, we are able to see God's reality, which is always shining with love and bright with innocence. Not only is it possible for us to see the world with childlike wonder, but it is our birthright. When we realize that not only do we not know anything, but that we cannot know anything, we are finally able to see the world as God created it. This is why the Course says, Salvation can be seen as nothing more than the escape from concepts. This is why people who have the most opinions are always the most unhappy. When the mind creates a judgment about something, it only ever relates to the judgment and never to the real thing itself. A concept or a judgment is only a symbol of reality that your mind has created. And it is never reality itself that causes suffering, but are symbols of reality. And because of this, The Course in Miracles says, The innocence of God is the true state of the mind of His Son. In this state, your mind knows God. For God is not symbolic, He is fact. When I had my ego death experience about three years ago, I distinctly remember the incredible joy that came from realizing that I didn't know anything. To give you an example, the concept of worrying about something felt totally insane, as if I could possibly control reality or predict the future. I remember thinking how funny it was that people had opinions about everything. Like, this is good, that is bad. I hate this, I love that. And I could not figure out for the life of me why people would want to have opinions like this. Everything became so clear and simple. I would find myself staring at seemingly ordinary things for long periods of time, like a glass of water or a plant, and just be completely lost in the mystery and the beauty of it. And I spent two full weeks with this innocent perception until my normal state of consciousness began to come back in and this enlightened state of consciousness began to fade away. So after these two weeks, I slowly began to experience suffering again. Because although I had had this really profound experience, I still had a ton of unhealed wounds and traumas from my past that I hadn't dealt with. And so I spent the next two years rigorously and relentlessly working on healing these old wounds and insecurities that I had. And during the most difficult season of my healing process, I had a really profound dream I'd like to share with you. So although I had spent the better part of a year doing constant self-inquiry and shadow work, there was still this one trauma from my past that I could not seem to heal. And it was getting triggered on a daily basis and causing me so much suffering. And so I arrived at this place of total brokenness where I didn't know what else to do other than to cry out to God and say, please, please show me what I'm not seeing. I've done everything I know how to do. And so, unless you send me a miracle, I don't know how I can live another day with this pain. And it was that night that I got my miracle. I had a dream where the famous Hindu sage Maharaji, who was also the guru of Ramdas, visited me in my dream. And I had just finished reading the book called Love Everyone, which is about Maharaji, and he had become a very inspiring figure to me. And so in the dream, I was immediately struck by the power of his energy and sort of fell to my knees in reverence. He stared straight into my eyes and said the following statement, Behind the doorway to heaven is not the throne of God, but the womb of God.
When I woke up from the dream, I was completely unable to move for about 10 minutes, just frozen by the gravity of that statement. And although I didn't understand what it meant initially, I knew for a fact that Maharaji had given me the answer I was asking for. So after about half a day of ruminating over that statement, the message became very clear to me. The Course in Miracles says that the kingdom of heaven is the awareness of perfect oneness. And I understood that the throne of God represented the knowledge of God, or seeing God in its form. But the womb of God represented original innocence. And so what Maharaji was saying to me was, it is not the knowledge of God that opens the doorway into oneness or enlightenment, but the innocence of God. And so from that point on, my only prayer was, please help me see this with innocent eyes. And as I continued to pray this, I slowly began to receive the clarity I needed to have a breakthrough. I saw what self-images I was still holding on to, what judgments I had not released, and who I needed to forgive. And through asking for that childlike innocence, I began to receive the wisdom I needed to see where my arrogance was still hiding out. And slowly, all of those triggers began to subside and the pain was released. And so perhaps the most powerful passage in the entire course on innocence says this. Innocence is not a partial attribute. It is not real until it is total. The partly innocent are apt to be quite foolish at times. It is not until their innocence becomes a viewpoint with universal application that it becomes wisdom. Innocent perception means that you never misperceive and always see truly. More simply, it means that you never see what does not exist and always see what does. So, to anyone struggling to heal, I encourage you to make this your new prayer. Give me innocence. Help me to forget every judgment I've ever made and to see with innocent eyes. Because so often we think that we can learn our way to enlightenment by collecting more knowledge. Read more books, watch more videos, attend more seminars. But enlightenment is not available in the future, which means that enlightenment cannot be learned. It is only available in this present moment by relinquishing every thought, every image, and every concept we've ever held. To let reality become a mystery again, where only this present moment exists and I am one with it. That is perfect oneness. So I'll leave you now with one final quote from the Course that summarizes this truth beautifully. Let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned. All thoughts we had and every preconception that we hold of what things mean and what their purpose is. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. Let every image held of everyone be loosened from our minds and swept away. <laughs>